The Portland Trailblazers are in the midst of trade madness, and here to try and make sense of all of this craziness is the host and co-host of the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress. I cover the Blazers. My head is completely spinning. He is Craig <laughs> Burnback. He does some pre halftime and post-game work for the Blazers, and we are going to try and make some sense of this here on the Blazer Focus Podcast. My head is spinning. I just, I'm trying to keep track of all this stuff. It's just crazy. The Blazers just made another trade acquiring Joe Ingles from Utah in a deal that basically netted them a second round pick. Their Ingles will never play for the Blazers. Just like the two players they sent out in the three-team deal, uh, Sadoransky and Nikhil uh, Alexander Walker, or whatever his name is, will never play for the Blazers. It's just wild. Craig, real quick. CJ's gone. Norman Powell's gone. Rocco's gone. A bunch of stuff has come in and stuff has left. Maybe no one of significance yet. What's your initial feeling and reaction about all this craziness? That somehow Aaron Fentress might have been the GM for a day. This is like exactly <laughs> what you asked for, right? It's, it's exactly, exactly what you what wanted. I asked for. So I mean, you're, you're saying you're, you're saying your head's spinning, but I'm like, aren't you just organizing it and saying, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's the deal I would have made. It's spinning just trying to keep track of it. It's not it's not spinning from like why are they doing it? I know exactly why they're doing it. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I I think um I think it's a tough some tough uh, pills to swallow. The CJ thing is. I think every everyone that has a vision uh, of or can have the, the vision of what Joe Cronin and the Blazers, what their vision is, they see why. But it still hurts. Seeing CJ go hurts. And uh, we could talk a little about Dame's reaction in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think that they are doing exactly what Aaron Fentress wanted, basically. <laughs> People keep, you know. I will say this. It's strange for me to see some of the reaction of people that were so down on Neil O'Shea. To I know. Somehow not. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> well, and not be on board on this. Like, you can't be upset that the, the roster's trash. It's the roster. It's the roster. Oh, don't trade people. What are we getting back? The thing is, in my mind, <laughs> if you're going to go for a championship with Dame, this is the way you have to do it. I get it. You can't, you could have run it back and, and probably finished between four and 10, you know, on a healthy roster. I think most people were saying best case scenario is four, five, six, maybe four. Yeah, probably, everything went right four, yeah, but probably five, six. Right. And if things went to the way they've gone this year, this is, you would have finished out, maybe try to play into the 10th, but there's, you, if you want to win a championship, you gotta you gotta go for it. And the only way to go for it is to give yourself flexibility and cap space. And these deals do exactly that. And exactly. to me, the the one piece that is hard to swallow is you see, CJ's been here a decade. CJ's part of some really positive memories. CJ's been a heck of a personality, a very positive personality. Because even the things that might make you mad about CJ are pretty cool. Like, man, he's cocky. Yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, wow, he, you know, sometimes he could be condescending. Yeah, because he's smart and he, and, uh, and all. But I mean, he's just done, there's very little look at CJ and say that was negative in any way. He did what? He was supposed to do every night. He's a professional scorer. You could be mad at him that he wasn't a point guard. Well, he, he wasn't. You could be mad at him that he never like took his game to Dame level, but 
So few people can. But he was he's fun to watch and he's a pro. But the rest, you know, how how much in love could you really have been with Nor Powell and Rocco? You know what I mean? Like I barely knew you. So I know. Give me a break. Um and they were great. I loved I I I think Norman Powell is awesome to to he this is a guy that works so hard outside the game and when he's on the floor. Rocco has his skill set. Not mad at him, but you gotta to to create cap space and flexibility, things had to be done, right? Is that how you feel? Listen, man, let, let me just let me just make this as icy clear as possible. I Uh-oh. view this entire thing with zero emotion. Doesn't mean I didn't I mean I like Norm. Sure. And I like CJ, right? But it's a business and those guys make a ton of money. And two of the fewest people on the planet I'm ever gonna feel sorry for are two NBA players making eighteen or thirty three million dollars. From so from an emotional standpoint, it's like they're great guys. Okay, this is the business. CJ's going to a better spot. Like CJ's if, if Zion comes back, CJ Ingram and Zion Sorry. is gonna be an envious situation for Dame. Dame wishes they could get Brandon Ingram and a Zion on this team. So Dame, so CJ is gonna get his sixty six million dollars and he's gonna go have a chance to win. Like, I mean, they're going to be a threat, I think, if Zion comes back in this playoffs. If he doesn't come back, then they'll, you know, they're going to make the playoffs and they'll be out first round, whatever. But he's going to a pretty good situation. Uh, the bottom line is this. You, you're not going to contend for a title when your three best players are small guards. You're not going to contend for a title four. when your two four. best players, well, yeah, you're four. When your two, <laughs> well, also when your two best players are small guards, as I've said a hundred thousand times, it's only happened once in the last 50 years. And that was with the bad boy Pistons and Joe Dumars was one of the best perimeter defenders ever, which you can never say about Dame or CJ. So those two as your best two players was always a non-starter. This isn't a new thing. I've been saying that since the year CJ emerged that they would never win this. I got crap on talking ball about it. I'm like, this is never going to happen. Trust me. And it didn't happen. So now that Dame's about to turn 30. Two, right? 32. 32. The biological clock is ticking, which is another thing I said two years ago that Dan can talk all this loyalty stuff all he wants, but when he crosses 30, 31 and gets 32 range, all that stuff's going to go out the window if he looks around and says, we can't win a title. Why am I still here? So you had to take a shot at blowing this thing up. And that meant moving CJ and Powell regardless. Now, one of the big complaints aside from moving them, is that they didn't get enough in return. And this just cracks me up. Because all you heard about was, like you said about Neil O'Shea, the roster was a joke, the roster was broke, they're never going to contend with this roster, blah, blah, blah. CJ has a bad contract, blah, 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 blah. But then they're supposed to magically trade them for marquee players and everyone's first round pick, right? Forgetting the fact that combined, they have $140 million remaining on their contracts and they are small guards. This is the NBA. This is not a 6-4 and under league. You do not build contenders around, very often around small guards. Neither one of them is, is Iverson. Neither one of them is Curry. So they are replaceable. They are expendable in the bigger picture when your other two best two players are also small guards. So what you want to do is create a situation where you get expiring contracts, you get whatever picks you can, and they got a, what's going to be a lottery pick from New Orleans, by the way. And you Probably. put yourself in a position where you can go out and acquire players who are maybe taller than 6'5". Because I've said this before, if, if Norman Powell were 6'8", he'd be Paul George. If CJ were 6'6", He'd be an elite two guard, but they are not. They're both six three. If I had hair, I'd be Tom Cruise. I mean, there's a lot exactly. of exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's my point. So even if they got, even if they end up netting two players for those two that aren't quite as good as them, but they're six seven and six eight, they're better automatically. Here's another thing: Norman Powell is not going to start next season. Nasir Little 
was going to start over Norman Powell. And they want to play Ant more, which also made CJ more expendable. So I know from an emotional standpoint, people are upset about some of this. I know that people had these gross ideas that they were going to go out and get so much more for Norman Powell. Let's, 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 let's reflect on who Norman Powell is. And again, I like him. He's a good player, but sure. he was a backup. He was a backup until. Hirano went into decline mode, right? Then he became a starter. It's not like he was a and starter on a good team. He was exactly. He was a backup. So he comes to Portland to play out of position. So who was out there running around trying to get Norman Powell to the trade deadline next year? Not very many teams were because he was had for Gary Trent. And I can get to Gary Trent in a second. In the offseason, when he was an unrestricted free agent, who came calling for him? How many teams came scrambling for Norman Powell? None. And the contracts, so not the contracts tough, and his contracts huge. It's tough, right? So if no one, if no one went out and tried to get him when he was a free agent, why are people going to spend a bunch of uh, capital now to get him when he's already got four years left at seventy-four million dollars? And also the whining about not getting a pick for him. You got a player in Keon Johnson who was a first-round pick eight months ago. And, and and I gotta stop you there because <laughs> that's what I've been waiting to say. They got a first-round pick. They got the twenty-first pick in the draft. And he was 19 and he's 19 right. and he's, he's a baby and he's, and he's uber athletic, freakishly and, athletic. Yes. I mean, <laughs> he's a McDonald's all American who barely played basketball for five years. They love, I know for a fact that Joe Cronin loves his athleticism and he is a first round draft pick. You just, right. you just got him at 20. You got him this year he, after the fact. Right. right. So, so, so now, now what people uh, argue, hold on. What people argue though is, well, but if you get the draft capital, then you could trade that. Well, yes, you could. That's why draft capital is, is valuable. And why if I'm the Clippers, I don't even know if they have first round picks because they traded them all to Oklahoma City. Then they to get, uh, Paul George. Well, but either way, they if have they no have flexibility. one, yeah, but either way, if they have one, why are they giving it up when they know you're only out there making these deals to free up cap space and they're going to give you a guy they just took in the first round and, right. The, the, uh, Eric Bledsoe contract, which you can buy out at four million or flip. So you got a great deal for what you're trying to do. That's why I don't Look, understand the whining and complaining. Anyway, I'll, because I'll take a pause right. and let you go. I got more to say, but I'm gonna give you a chance. I, I, I'm just gonna say that yes, it's short. I do believe that's short sighted. I will say that I think that that trade, that first trade that we're talking about was solid. It was solid. I'm not saying it was great. It was solid. And I don't, I agree with all the things you're saying. Rocco's expiring and very few teams would he be a value. And I don't even know if he's a value to the Clippers. We'll see. Norman Powell is exactly what the Clippers need. And they're a team with zero flexibility. Exactly. They can't do anything. They're so cap strong. They're $34 million over the cap or something crazy. So there aren't a lot of opportunities to trade a Norman Powell, who, by the way, is not 25 years old. You know what I mean? He's not 22 years old. And his contract is really big for a guy who's a small guard who who is good, really good, but not an all-star and not going to become an all-star. He's right. a good defender. He's not a lockdown, um, you know, incredible defender. And again, to ignore the fact that they got you know, a first round pick from Keon Johnson was there. It was the Clippers first round pick just a few months ago. They loved him, you know, and, and everyone says, well, maybe they're down on him. He's 19. Hello, Anthony Simons. Like, let's not do not the first person that said out. to me, the first person that's like, there's like immediately, like, oh, he's averaging four points per game. How good can he be? I'm like, he's not, like, we can say the same thing about Simons and Nasir. Yes. And look at him yes. now. I'm not saying he's yes. going to be them because players taking 20 to 30 
there's like a 15% chance they're going to pan out. So Keon may not pan out, but the thing is, and he may also be traded, but at the very exactly. least, because of his athleticism, and he gives you a little bit more size than you had in Powell and CJ, of course, because of his athleticism and his desire to be a good defender, at the very least, you're going to get a super athletic backup guard who can come in and get in people's face and make them uncomfortable. And on the fast break, he's dunking on fools. So that's a, that's worst case scenario if he doesn't develop a jump shot. <laughs> and that's valuable. And to me, it's weird because I think that people would have been happier if it, they just saw four, first round draft pick in the trade. And let's say it was the 23rd pick this year. You know what I mean? Like th- somehow right. that would have been more. I'm like, those guys, the, those percentages are the same. They just, that exactly. you just set. You're rolling the dice. They've already scouted this guy. They've actually got a better look at this kid than they do, you know, the, 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 the 19 year old in college right now. So the draft coming and, out now. Exactly. And look, Justice Winslow's uh, an NBA basketball player that could play some minutes. You know, I mean, he's not, and maybe he's still young enough that maybe he becomes a role player. You know, we know that really it was about cap space. And uh, and rolling the dice on Keon Johnson, just like you would if you rolled the dice on a first round draft pick that was 15 you know, to 30. You are listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. Let's move on to the CJ trade. I think this is good, as good as you possibly could have done. I mean, I really do. I mean, they have a possible top 10 pick here. They get Josh Hart with a flexible contract with, if you want to keep him great, because he's just gotten better every year. Mm-hmm. And you unload, I mean, $70 million of, of CJ's contract in his, you know, 30 plus years. So I, I, I can't, I, seeing CJ go, it, it is tough. I, I get what you're saying as a, you're, first of all, you're cold. You're a cold person sometimes. I get, I don't feel bad for CJ. I just feel bad for, for the fans and, and, and for the memories of, of watching CJ a little bit, but I get oh, it. They'll get over and it. Of course <laughs> they will. If they want to, do you want to win a championship? That's it. Do you want to try? This is try. This is giving, players. right. Yeah, give yourself, look, I mean, the people that, look, Portland, I mean, I still love Gerald Wilkins. I mean, come on. He was a Nick. And it, like when they were terrible, I, lo- I used to, you know, it's a weird who you connect with. But yes, I, Josh Hart, who knows, you know, what the, if he's a blazer for, you know, three months Ten or minutes, three years. So- <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just know. I was a little surprised that they turned around and traded today Nikhil Walker Alexander because that one felt like a, another roll of the dice with a young player, but getting rid of them. Now you got 60 millions of caps, $60 million in cap space. Allegedly. I, mean, I think that's the 60 million is a little blown out of proportion. I think that doesn't take into account uh, resigning Simons and Nurkic, by the way. But anyway, so it's not like they're gonna have Simons, Nurkic and 60 million. I think right, that's a little right. misleading. Yes. But anyway, back to Hart. Listen, do I think Powell is better than Hart? I don't know. Do I think CJ is? Definitely. But yes. Hart is bigger than both at 6'5". He's averaging this year 13, board. 8, and 4. He can rebound. That, right. And, all, and doing that on nine shots, he's shooting 50% from the field. He's only 32. He's 34% for career from three. So he's not a good three-point shooter as those nope. two guys. But he's a good defender and he gives you more length. If they keep him and he ends up being your sixth man off the bench because Simons is starting, which I'll get to that. I still think Damon Simons is not what I want starting personally at the backcourt. That's still going to be defensive issues. That's another story. But if he's coming off the bench for you 
that's that's to me that's really nice to have that luxury. However, I think he gives you additional trade value because Absolutely. he does have value, and maybe you flip him and the pick you got from New Orleans and or whatever into something else like a Jeremy Grant, which we can get to in a minute. But to get him back, plus you're going to get a lottery pick, <laughs> plus some more salary cap flexibility. Dude, are you kidding me? The people who are crying about this trade and writing about it and now the Blazers doing this, they're not even focusing. It's almost like you hire someone to build you a new home at the same site where you live, and then you show up to the construction site and you're mad because they tore down your old house. It's like, dude, what do you want? You want me to build you a new house? I have to tear down the old one. This is what happens. Yes, I tore down your great office you built, but you want a brand new house. It's the same thing. Yes, CJ gone sucks. Powell gone sucks, but you're in a position to get better and getting hard and a lottery pick. Are you kidding me? So yes, to me, that was a great get for the Blazers. Absolutely. And scene. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I think that you got fired up. (laughs) you, You finally... CJ going is, you know, loss is tough, man. You, you know, you, people grow attached. And I know you say that'll pass, but I do think we do need to take a moment and say that the CJ Dame partnership is, a, it's a significant part of Blazers history. It's Absolutely. a real chapter. And Absolutely. so that's what I, I understand people move on, but you move on from, you know, Rocco and, <laughs> and Norman Powell differently. You know, you respect them. You're glad they, they were nothing but great, but it's not the same as 10 years of CJ and Dame and some really, you know, great memories and hope and having quality people in uh, on your team to root for and who make impacts in the community. That's a real thing. You know, that's Absolutely. a real thing that, that, that fans feel. And certainly diehard fans feel. So that part is like, you know, Damon Lillard said it. Like, he, a very cool Casey Holdall, the Trailblazers, in his forward center column that that he posted. He got to talk to Damon. You know, he said, yeah, he understands it. CJ understands it too. Doesn't mean it's not hard. You know, they were were best buds. You know, they spent time together. They came up together. Uh, They tried to grow this together. And now... They're both moving on to a, this means, this is moving on. You know what I mean? Like this is a next stage of the Trailblazers and the next stage of CJ and Damien's career. So, you know, that's all I'm saying is that you got to take a moment to, to allow people to grieve a little bit, of course. you know, Fentress and, and, no, uh, and listen, every person that says it sucks that CJ has gone, it hurts that CJ has gone. I, I totally, I'll hand them a tissue and say, and give them a hug. <laughs> Okay, the the, the tissue thing sounds. You know what? No, I meant I meant that in an endearing way. Like I, I didn't mean like take a tissue and cry. That's war. Like I would give them a tissue and give them a hug and say I'm sorry. But from a sheer retooling this thing around Dame, your last ditch effort. Because let me make this clear. I've been told by sources that Dame, 100 percent, is on board with retooling. Yep. He said last summer, right? He wanted to see evidence that they're going to be able to make moves. They were over the cap already just with their starting five. So clearly those moves had to involve wheeling and dealing. But I've also been told that if things don't work out and they're not able to rebuild this thing on a, on the fly, the odds of him sticking around when he knows there's no chance they're going to contend are nil. So there's pressure on Cronin and Billups yeah. to make this work. 
And to go out there, okay, you got, you, like, I'm talking about how great it is they got these assets. Well, you better turn those assets into things, fancy, shiny things <laughs> that make the team look better, or Dame could very easily ask out this summer. So the pressure's on. Again, what you just said about what you heard about Dame, he pretty much said it. You know, he said, for me, my heart is a Portland trailblazer. I want to win it. I know that I have a plan that's going to put me on my best level. When I got, when I come back to play and I want our team to fit that, I'm a huge fan of Chauncey Billups. I love Chauncey. We've got a great relationship. And later on, he said, and I'm a Joe Cronin fan. In his position, I think it takes bold and doing bold things, doing what you see fit and standing on it. He's told me that our plan is to build a winning team, not rebuild. Because we had a prior relationship to him becoming GM, I trust his word. I mean, there you go. that's Damian Lillard saying exactly, you know, what I, I 100. I mean, I always think that Dame is one of the most straightforward superstars in the, you know, in league history. You know what I mean? He, he, and I believe that. And why wouldn't he say that? I think he would rather win a, ch- he wants to win a championship in Portland. Absolutely. Yep. He's saying if that's, if there's a road that he can see and there's a plan, he's going to do his best to be part of it. And you're right. Nothing in this world is guaranteed as far as people, you know, changing their mind based on circumstances. So, um, he just wants to look at one, man. Like he just wants to feel like if I go out there and I play well, cause I'm the, I'm the guy, right? The guy, the star has to play well. That I have a team around me that we have a chance to win a title. Yep. But if he goes out there and he's like, I have no chance. I can drop 50 every game and we're not going to win the series. Then there's no point in carrying this on for both parties. Send Dame somewhere where he can win, get back a bunch of things. And here's, and here's the beauty about the, what they're doing too. And in, in my, in my belief is that with tanking, which to me, it's just glorious. The fact that the last two weeks they lost to Oklahoma City twice and then last night lost to Orlando. Like, it was just amazing. Like, it's some of the best tanking you'll ever see. They may not win another game the rest of the year. And I'm, we, I say we, that, although we have different, so we have different views on how that feels. And that's so fine. Based on, yeah, okay. based on our roles <laughs> and like what I like being a, I'd like to, I'd like to host a, you know, it's better when you host a game and win. Post games a lot Man, more fun. Wham, but anyway, wham. it's better, it's better <laughs> when you host a show. It's better when you host a show when they're going to pick third. That's what's, that's what's great. You stuck, I keep telling fans, suck it up for two months. Go just watch Ant. Just watch the games strictly to watch Ant be Ant and grow and develop. Suffer for two months because, oh, they lost. Who cares? They're out of the playoffs. It doesn't matter because come June, if they have a top three pick, you're going to be beside yourself with joy. Think about the future, man. It's like planning a wedding. Planning a wedding sucks, but your wedding day is awesome. Okay. That, Let me just here, say but, this. You wonder why people, you can rub some people the wrong way. Wee, wee, wee. Because I keep it real and people don't like to hear that nonsense. They like to live in a little bubble. But listen, one, one quick point. The thing that's beautiful, the thing that's really beautiful about what they're doing is that by acquiring, okay, by one, getting a top five pick, which I think they're going to get six or seven worse, by getting the lottery pick from the Pelicans, having Ant, having Nasir, and then even Keon Johnson, if things don't work out, or even if they do work out with everything else, they're well positioned with a nice young core to move forward with. And if that involves trading Dame and getting back whatever you can get back from Dame, now you have a really good base of young talent, assuming they hit on that high pick. You got to hit on that pick. Moving forward, at the, at the same time, while you're still trying to make one last ditch effort to build around Dame. 
It's just a beautiful dance that they're trying to maneuver through because they could very easily build a contender around Dame, have Dame be gone in three to four years and still be set up to move forward into the future with Ant as their number one guy with a high-end uh, talent that they get in the top five, you know, God willing. Right. So it's just, I, I think or it's fascinating. I think 10. at the end of the day, Blazers fans are going to be happy with everything that happened. That's what I believe. And a lot of people in the media are going to go back and delete things they've written. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that <laughs> having a plan B is what a lot of people don't see. And there has to be, I, when you're Joe Cronin, you know, and you work for the owners, you have to have a plan B, you know, and it can't all be, th- there's been plan A has gone on long enough in a way that they had a reset and now they have a plan A and a plan B. Plan A involves Damian Lillard coming back super healthy, being at, at the top of his game for, you know, hopefully hopefully a three-year window. You know, let's be honest, in the human body, you don't know. I mean, Chris Paul's window just keeps getting extended. Oh, I know. know. That guy, I thought that guy was done three years ago. That's what I'm just saying. Like, Chris Paul, like, maybe, you know, I know that um, shooting is a skill that doesn't go away. You know, exactly. there's old fat guy. There's old fat guys could shoot, still knock down the three. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you could shoot, you could shoot. Dame keeps himself in incredible shape. He's never been a defensive stalwart. He has a chance to, to extend his life and maybe become, if they hit on this pick, become, they get a 1A and a 1B. And then maybe eventually Dame's the two and there's a one. And I'm talking about like, you know, star. He's always going to be a probably a bigger star, but I mean, Damon Lillard came on when LaMarcus Aldridge and brand, you know, like right after Brandon Roy, but LaMarcus was Aldridge was, the guard he, yeah. he was the star and, and Dame became, you know, they became one A and one B and then LaMarcus left and there they were, there's your plan B. He was ready LaMarcus to be one ran like a little kid. Okay. Anyway. I, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they had Damian Lillard. You're hoping to hit that same way. So right. I, I, I see it. I understand it. I know why Damian understands it. And look, there's salary caps, a real thing. Contracts are a real thing. Damian wants to, to, why wouldn't he want the super max? Of course he does. So where can he get that here? So there's, there's that. So I think, um, if he signs out, he's never getting traded. FYI, no one's going to take that. But, <laughs> but, but okay. To your point, and this is a great point. I, I've well, always, they might like, when it's expiring. Expire. You could trade anything. Well, yeah, the, yeah. I meant, I meant, I meant like right. if he yeah, signs that thing and has three years left for 150 yes. million, yeah. it's gonna be really, really tough to move. But anyway, it would have to be the exact perfect condition. But I, I remember having this discussion like in I think 18 or 17 at NBC, and I was like, the Blazers would be much better off if Dame was in a situation where he's scoring 23, 24 with nine assists as opposed to scoring 27 with six assists. And I just, it would just be a better mix for the team and a better balance. Um, and some people say, well, they don't have the players to do that. I go, well, I mean, you know, he's got to be a point guard who sets guys up and makes guys better. I've never believed that Dame really does the things that make other people better. I don't think you make other people better by jacking up a bunch of threes. You make other people better by setting people up and getting nine, 10 assists. Now, now what you're talking about is that if Ant is for real, if this pick is for real, if they add Jeremy Grant or someone else, you're going to get into a situation where Dame can pull back. He doesn't have to shoot 19, 20 times. He can shoot 
14, 15 times. His points come down to 22 a game, 23 a game later. Maybe this is two years down the road or whatever. And then he's still getting seven, eight, nine assists because Ant is carrying more of the load. Ant is doing the things that a 23 and 24 year old can do to help lengthen the career of an older guy who can pick his spots because the best situation for a guy like Lillard is not going to be carrying a team with 30 a game. It's going to be playing a team game. And then in the final five minutes going nuclear Lillard, right? That's yeah. if they can get being to the that closer. point, right? Being the close. Exactly. Not carrying the team and trying to close having a team around you that can make life easier for you. And then being a guy who can help close it. And so that's where I think they can lengthen his career. And that's why I think, yeah, and that's why, yeah, exactly. But I think Ant is going to really help that because Ant is special. His floor, my thing with Ant is his floor is a more athletic CJ. And I, I, what we're seeing from him as a playmaker, the passes he's making, he made a pass mm-hmm. the other day with his left hand off the dribble. That was just ridiculous. I'm like, this guy is blossoming as a passer be, right before our eyes. He is like, it's blasphemous to say it now, but if I had to choose between him or, or CJ, I'm taking Ant all day long. Like, it's not even close. So Ant is going to be that guy to help Dame play longer and still be a major threat into 34, 35, maybe 36. With Ant, there's just this potential. I mean, I think CJ, like, you know, CJ is a very, very, very good NBA player, but he's Absolutely. at the place in his career. Odds are he's not going to jump another level, which is you know, very few people in the world have ever jumped another level than CJ. CJ's a, right. you know, he is a shark, as he says. He eats. He can score on anyone at any time. And it's and it's nasty and fun to watch. But yes, he he wasn't going to win a slam dunk contest and a three-point contest. And with right. with Simons, <laughs> you know, he has a chance to he's already won the dunk contest. He checked that off as this as he said. If I told you Anthony Simons is going to win a three-point contest in his in his career, you wouldn't call me crazy. You'd say, "Oh, I could see no, that." No, his, his shot is pure. It's beautiful. It's 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 so yeah. It's fast and boom. I know, it's and just, very yeah. fluid. So, I mean, I, I I get all that, and obviously, the Blazers believe in Simons in the future, and I think that we know Damian has been. Damian was preaching about Simons before we got to see him. The reason why you believed in him and I believed in him was because of the things that Damian said. You know, he no, would. I was, Dan- say, I was, well, I, he enhanced it, saying, but I was, I was, I was an guy on draft day. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> fine, ahead. but I'm saying you didn't actually know, but it helps that when the best well, I, player yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, says, I you should I see what he did. Cause we didn't get to see practice. Let's be honest. I right, don't think you were right. going down to Florida in the summers watching him play on the, you know, the courts <laughs> there, buddy. I mean, how do you, you know? You, yeah, because I know you tell everybody. You know. <laughs> well, you tell everybody. You're not Mister Secrets, you know. <laughs> you do, I mean, you're pretty proud. You would be adding to the to your be, your, your Simon's be, uh, in my Instagram you know, stories, my Twitter stories. Exactly. Still with it. You're right. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, so we know Damien believes in the talent, and hey, look, sometimes the unknown the unknown is exciting, and right now we don't know. You know, we don't know what's going to be here how they're going to put the, together this roster. But, you know, the last time there was this kind of flexibility, they ended up doing what they can't do now, really, is they signed a whole bunch of guys <laughs> that were already on the team to big contracts. And that's what uh, Olshay did with the Evan, cap And then got Evan Turner. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, we got that, Myers. That's all that was available. Got, you know, so is your point, though, yeah. that sometimes having cap space doesn't necessarily it, pan it doesn't, out? That's 100% it, it, true. 100% it's, true. It's not, it's not perfect, but I will say – uh, on those teams, there was guys to. There's not. There's like 
there's, is there, there's no Alan Crabb on this team. You know what I mean? To, to sign to a deal like that, that, um, it, it's just different because they have brought, I mean, you basically talked about the two. I mean, I think we're, it's not talking out of school to say Simons is going to be re-signed. They're going to, you know, they're going to extend. Oh my God. Are you the, kidding me? Yes. Of course. I'm just, I mean, let me get to my point. The wild Sorry. card is Nurkic. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Right. As far right. as the Blazers spending real money, significant money right now on this roster, the wild card is what, what do they do in the middle? Do they re-sign Nurkic? Do they make a trade before this even comes out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. do they try to get Miles Turner somehow? I, I don't know. Um, but that's, that's the part that, that is interesting. And at least as you said, they clearly made a decision. They didn't do this half in and half out, which was kind of how Neil Shea was, he would say it, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to finesse the roster or just a little here and a little there. And, and basically somehow find some kind of magic potion to make last year's, you know, 40 to 52 wins team become a, a champion. So I, I get it. I just, you know, it's going to be, you said suck it up for two months. Like it is, it is going to be not, not a, you know, the games are going to be different to watch. That's fair, right? <laughs> no, hundred percent. That's why you just, you go to watch Ant. The thing with Nurk is that there just aren't that many bigs out there. Yep. And so if you trade him just to get assets and then try and go get him though in the off season, now you don't have his bird rights anymore. Whereas right now yeah. you can go and sign a bunch of people and then sign Nurk later and go over the cap because he's your guy. Same thing with, uh, with Ant. So I, I feel like if, if they can't, if they haven't identified another big that they can get, you've got to keep Nurkic. So to me, you either trade him now for a big, if the Turner thing is legit, or you just hold on to him and you just keep him. Because I, I, you just, but the, my only thing with Nurk is that Nurk fancies himself. The offense should be going through me as much as it does the guards. And it just drives me nuts with him. He, he pouts a little bit. He's not happy with his role. Like he's happy as hell right now. Well, why? Because CJ was out and then Dame was out. And so yeah, they ran the offense more through Nurk and he put up some numbers. They also lost a ton of games and they're continuing to lose a ton of games. He, he didn't do that much. He, he had a bad game against Orlando last night. Uh, Wendell Carter gave him some trouble. And that's Chauncey Billups' job. That's his job. When you're the head coach and if they keep, you know, if Nurkic is a part of the future, it's because they believe that Chauncey Billups can get Yusuf Nurkic to play to not just his potential, but to play his role, to play the way Chauncey Billups wants his team to play to win. And they're, they're, you know, the hope is, is that the, the roster will be, the offense will be more balanced. I mean, that's what Chauncey's talked about the entire time. Unselfish play, balanced play, inside, outside, not dependent all on the guards, not dependent just on Nurkic. And then, of course, defense. And that's, you know, Nurkic has shown that he can play defense as a big man. Um, and that he has, he's, and his sheer size. Though. But yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he, you look at numbers and things like that, and he's huge. He's huge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he there is, aren't he. a lot of, right. I mean, they're just, as you said, you don't, you, you've talked about the guards. There was four guards that are basically the same height that could all score on this team at a high level. That doesn't, that's not the, you could get rid of two, still have two and go get one. You know what I mean? It's not the same with big guys. You know, it's just, it's harder to find guys that are seven feet tall that are skilled enough and big enough to play on both ends of the court. And 
he's shown he can do it. Um, so if they keep him, that's what that's where Chauncey Bills will earn his money. He knows that. That's the job. Man, that's it. We just 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 great this material for us, though, at least. Absolutely. One other quick point before we sign off. Okay. Everyone needs to remember that in the playoffs last year against Denver, they lost to a Denver team that was without its best guard, Jamal Murray. A guy named Campazzo, a guy named Austin Rivers who had been on the street. And who was the other guy? There was another guy. I can't remember his name. Those three torched the Blazers' backcourt. Torched them. There's no way Portland should have lost that series with just Jokic and uh, Michael Porter Jr. and some stuff. Like They shouldn't have been able to beat the Blazers in that series. And one of the reasons why the Blazers Damian lost... Damian Lillard agreed. Those backcourt players were icing, <laughs> not icing, torching the Blazers' backcourt. And that's partly Dame. That was partly CJ. CJ was getting lit up. Um, and that's partly on Norm, who couldn't really guard Michael Porter, who's 6'10". So if you need to wonder why they're doing this, go back to that series. You can't be that little and that weak on defense, especially in the backcourt, and expect to contend in a league where there's a bunch of guards running around doing a bunch of great things offensively. You have to have some type of size and length, especially at your three and four that has impact. And hopefully you have a, a two guard who can also, you know, get in people's faces, which I question with Anf, Anthony. I think ideally you have another two guard starting and Ann plays 30 minutes a game off the bench. So that's another story. Um, but that's part of the reason why they're doing this. And I think they're going to be better for it. So we'll see what happens with Jeremy Grant. We'll see what happens with Turner. We'll see what happens with those lottery picks. And we'll, and if something major happens between now and, and Friday, we'll come back Friday and talk about that too, because the trade deadline is noon on Thursday. You got any parting words? Of course, Lakers Blazers. Tune in. Oh, yeah, I'll be hosting tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like tune, in. tune in. Tune <laughs> in just for Burnbach and Ant. There you go. Those are your reasons to tune in. <laughs> Burnbach and Ant. All right. That's it for this rapidly uh, put together Blazers trade extravaganza podcast. Uh, the Blazer Focus Podcast will be back, like I said, maybe after the trade deadline or something else happens at the very latest next week. Uh, any, anything else? You good? No. Have a great day. Have a great day. <laughs> click that subscribe button. Be sure to give us a uh, nice major rating. We'd appreciate that. I'm Aaron Fentress. He's Craig Burnback. See you guys next time.